Welcome to Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Today it's just me. Hello, hello. Uh, I kind of felt like the last episode, I I don't know, I felt like I didn't say much. Um, and it was kind of serious, but I don't, I don't have, um, it was still a fun, it was a fun pot. Um, I just, uh, I want to, I wanted to have a, have a one-on-one with you guys. Um, because in a week's time, I go to Edinburgh. Um, hopefully I, I find someone, uh, to chat with. Well, I definitely will, uh, to chat with next week before I leave. Um, but yeah, just wanted to have a a heart to heart before the uh, insanity starts. It's, it's really exciting. Um, the prospect of Edinburgh, like there are so many, like, I'm going to know so many people. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. There's a bunch of comics from Berlin just jumping over uh, to check it out and to have some spots um, to do some spots and then I know heaps of people that are doing their solo uh, from all over Europe as well as Australia so it's gonna be like school camp it's gonna be um, and hopefully yeah I'll be able to do some episodes while there and uh, try and capture a bit of that energy try and do a bunch of episodes maybe try and do two a week but <laughs> yeah that's also quite unrealistic given just how many how many spots there are um to do and shows and I'll be doing my solo every day from the 14th to the 27th at 1 a.m at the city cafe Las Vegas room so if you're in Edinburgh oh my god it'd be lovely to see you um and uh but for the next um yeah for the next I guess 13 days uh for Yep, yeah, I'm in Berlin. Um, a few things, a few things have gone down, I guess, in the last couple of weeks that I haven't spoken about. I think I alluded to in a couple of episodes um, that I, I went and did these military base shows. So I um, I opened for April Macy, who's a um, a very very experienced professional comedian from the US. Uh, I think she's got like 23, 25 years under her belt doing it, and um, and she's great. Like she's really funny and you can, yeah, you can just feel her experience and, um, and check out if you don't know, if you want to check her out, um, I highly recommend her set on Snoop Dogg's Bad Girls of Comedy. It is a killer set. And so it was my first opportunity. I think, I don't know, maybe there wasn't anyone opening for her. Um, my thought is that there was someone and they dropped out. <laughs> and so I got roped in, but it was a, it was a wonderful opportunity. It was super great to meet her. Aaron Crouch uh, is the producer of these shows uh, in, in these uh, cities in the south of Germany, Wiesbaden and uh, Kaiserslautern, uh, really small little places. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything to do there outside of go to U.S. military bases. They're massive bases, though, or at least, the yeah, they're just huge. Um, but I guess that's how the states do everything. Uh, and it was funny hanging out with Aaron and April. I felt so not American. Um, but, you know, not, not in, you know, not in a hateful way and not in a I felt excluded way, but just there are huge cultural differences. I think a lot of... Like, it doesn't really matter what people think, but um, I think a lot of non-native English speakers don't realize how culturally different Americans are to Australians, to the English, like how we're all really different. And I'd say Canadians fall into that. Every country is different, right? And Kiwis. The differences between Kiwis and Australians are much I think are quite are quite minimal, although I'm sure my Kiwi and Aussie friends will come at me for that. But like really similar, you know, different education system, obviously different land, uh, different history. 
history and Kiwis because of the difference in history will always um, pipe up to say that they're better people because there was an agreement formed between um, the colonizers and the indigenous people. Uh, but, you know, and, and yeah, and politically speaking, New Zealand's politics, like, this is why I always include both my nationalities because I was brought up with Kiwi parents who are horrified uh, by, by Australian politics and um, how Australia has kind of very, um, I don't know, like I'll remove the adjectives from what I was about to say, but how Australia has really sided with the US in a lot of, uh, yeah, global political moments and wars and stuff. Uh, and in terms of nuclear power things, um, I think New Zealand's always taken quite a strong stance, uh, you know, making up its own mind and going, no, like we might be small and irrelevant, but we're not going to we're not going to say yes to these things that we don't agree with. Um, it's not to say that oh, everything that the States does um, or do whatever. Uh, my English, I'm really struggling with my English at the moment. I can really feel its deterioration because of speaking German and just being around so many native English, non-native English speakers. But that's not putting blame uh anywhere it's just like oh my gosh i can really feel my struggle um but yes so felt very not american which was you know uh, of course um but it was a, a truly interesting experience performing um i i you know kind of got the rundown got the load down from erin before we did it she was basically like nothing too dark and i was like okay that's like half most of my best jokes that's fine um and then uh she was like they like it a bit sexual and i realized after the first show that sexual means heterosexual uh, anything on sexuality or anything um, remotely kinky, uh, anything that operates outside of the, you know, very usually talked about um, mainstream media sex <laughs> between a man and a woman. Yeah, not not well received. Uh, but that was cool. The first show, um, it was it was fun, but this huge room, tall ceilings um yeah zero crowd work uh and obviously getting paid to do it you know it's not like I could get up there and I don't know I've been trained in with the logic that if you're getting paid to do a spot that um doing a bunch of crowd work is not considered the um the deal so uh, as much as it would have been great for me to get up there and uh do crowd work to support like the success of my own set um i just got up there and, and did my thing uh i think that might be something that i should check with hosts that i haven't seen host before in the future anyway note to self <laughs> but um but yeah i did have fun but i could feel them just pulling away more and more as i mentioned bisexuality or uh yeah like um kinky stuff not that kinky but yeah a little you know a little dabble of period sex uh they laughed but they were, they were definitely a bit bit shocked i guess <laughs> that is what i try to do but i you know i wanted to just do do well instead of you know rocking the boat um but they were they were there with me it was it was, it was still good it was still good but not you know not great um and then april went up and, and she did really well but she got off stage and was also like woof that was hard so they were kind of a crowd that would, would give laughs, but um, they would really get into crowd work, which she did a good amount of. But uh, yeah, you know, sticking in and listening into uh, a comedian's ideas and jokes, they, they would start sort of pulling away a bit. So she found it hard work too. And then the second, um, the second show in Wiesbaden, 
was in a, a slightly sort of it was a fuller room and uh, a slightly lower ceiling. I know that sounds really odd. Uh, it was much brighter, but still more people and um, still the stage being like at least, you know, uh, seven meters away from the first set of people uh, makes it really difficult. But no, but it, that one was actually really good. I adjusted my set so that it was the straightest sort of, mm, yeah, like straightest, straightest set I could do. And after that whole experience, I was like, you know what, from now on, every time I write a dark, dirty joke, I'm going to try and write a, a cleaner, uh, a cleaner joke. So it's something that I'm going to, I'm going to, I've been trying to do. And actually so far, like in the last three weeks, that has been what I've been doing at my, um, joke development show at Pimp My Jokes. If you live in Berlin and you still haven't checked out Pimp My Jokes, I really, I really do recommend it. It's a really, really fun show. Uh, watching comedians develop their new joke ideas and getting your feedback as well. So the last three weeks, yeah, I've managed to bring ideas and and experiences that um, that are really not dark. <laughs> but one of my newest jokes that's working really well is uh, is absolutely dark and filthy. So you know, it's it's hard when when the bits that work the best tend to uh, fall into that category. It's a bit of a bummer, but it's, I guess it's also what I enjoy the most, you know, what I get the, what tickles me the most. And, um, and I actually rewatched Ali Wong's, uh, Don Wong, maybe two weeks ago. And as much as I'm like, you know what? I want to have clean material. I want to be able to, I want to be able to be versatile. And it's not that I want corporate gigs as much as I just want to, I just want to not feel like, you know, when someone asks me, can you do 15 clean? I don't want to be like, all my stuff's filled. Like I can, I can do 15 clean. I can do 20 clean. Um, by clean, I mean like not rocking the boat too much. My language is good, but, um, but yeah, watching Don Wong. Oh my God. Ali Wong. If you haven't watched her, like watch all of her specials. She's so fucking good, man. Like her delivery, her writing. Uh, yeah, just her, her authenticity, the way she just throws out, herself it's like she's talking directly to you the level of um sort of exposure and vulnerability like she's so strong it doesn't feel vulnerable but when you listen to what she's saying it's like holy shit (laughs) it's fucking amazing and she is who I was watching when I first started stand-up and yeah I hadn't realized hadn't realized how much she is um like I used to talk about her a lot more and then I think a part of me was a little bit worried that I might I might um might be you know too much of a derivative of her but obviously I do my own thing and I have my own story and I don't you know copy any of her mannerisms um but but she's definitely I'd say yeah she's my comedy idol she's just a fucking master and she's so real and saying exactly what she wants unapologetically and it's hilarious and beautiful writing so um check her out check out don wong if you haven't it's fucking brilliant uh and so re-watching that as much as i want to be clean um it kind of you know it was a nice uh, recalibration into all right i want to do this but also this is me and this is my uh mission statement or not statement mission mission in doing comedy is is having that level of brutal raw vulnerability that's strong and messaged and hilarious and so unique. And yeah, that's something to, 
to strive towards. Uh, what else is on my on my notes of shit to do? Uh, I am going to be building a website. When I say I, I will be paying someone. I've just had so much shit with Facebook and I think, you know, yeah, we just need to get the fuck off it. So I'll be building a website in the next couple of weeks uh, where eventually it'll be ticketing through there as well. But I want comedians to be able to sign up for my events on that. I want to be completely, I don't want to be using Facebook for anything except for group posts for the free advertising you can get and um, yeah, and moving all coordination off, off Facebook. Uh, it's, it's the support's terrible. Um, I was very lucky and I appreciate the help that I got when my, when my, when I was fished and my account was hacked, but uh, it's just my account got locked again last week because Facebook was doing some kind of security measures to check that I was all good. But that meant three days where I couldn't access my messenger and couldn't access my business pages. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's, um, that's really not cool. Or is having everything under my control? Yeah, there might be issues, but at least, um, yeah, much, I don't know, Facebook in terms of data leaks and all, all the things I, yeah, I want to decentralize. Yeah. Stop giving them all of, all of the, um, all of the power and yeah, fuck it. So anyway, doing that also looked into Patreon. Uh, if you're interested in doing a Patreon, you need, if you want to supply video content to your members, you need to have at least a hundred thousand followers across or with it in your social media basket. So Patreon is no longer a platform for people like me. Uh, so I've done a bit of research and I've found there's a, um, a platform called Ko-Fi. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe it's Ko-Fi, but I, it's like Hi-Fi, Ko-Fi. Eh, that's, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I'm going to be, uh, using that to be able to provide you guys. If you're interested in seeing the video footage of these podcasts and extra bits and pieces and making requests, um, supporting me. Uh, I'm going to be setting that up in the next week. Let's see how I go. I'm also gearing up for Edinburgh, but yeah, that's on my to-do list. So I will be developing that. Uh, I've already got like membership tiers that I developed on Patreon, but now that you can't add videos there, Ko-Fi will be the alternative and I'm excited to get that done. Uh, I've also been running open airs. I know this is feeling like a bit like a weird diary thing. I do want to like talk some funny shit, but my open air shows, I don't know. I don't know if you're in Berlin, but the weather has been rough and, um, I've been struggling with my open air shows, uh, cause it's just raining and windy and it feels like summer is over. However, I have been enjoying sitting at home, enjoying the rain and not wanting to leave. So I don't know. I hope you guys are too, but it's been a little rough. Um, I, uh, so I've been reading a bit more because I've been inside more and I don't know if anyone uh, like Alex Upatov and I talked about it a lot, but sex at dawn is this really great book that, um, I've really properly been getting into now. And I really recommend everyone to read it. It's, it's looking at the, um, at like what human nature, uh, prehistory was sexually because, all of the scientific research into it uh, has a very clear bias um, around monogamy and as you know the uh, it, it goes this book goes through all the research that was done and kind of pinpoints where the researcher all of a sudden lost all scientific objectivity and just like plastered on 
the the morals of the time onto their findings like oh yes well you know um these chimps and then like the way that um you know humans have then developed oh yes and, that, and that's why humans have always been um pair bonding monogamous creatures and it's like what um the book explains it much better but it's 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 really cool it's really interesting and um and it's just made me be it's made me think a lot about like I've never I've never really thought that non-monogamy is immoral in any way um I've like okay so I was at this party this party party's a generous word for it but uh the guy I'm seeing he um yeah Yedrick wanted me to give a, a nickname for him um I said pizza that's right oh, no, that's dumb though um but uh <laughs> I don't want to use a nickname. I'm just going to refer to him as the guy I'm seeing. He um he invited me to his best mate's uh birthday party and so it was this chill group of people um from like early 20s through to my age. <laughs> and um I wasn't that much older than everyone else, but I think the next oldest was probably around 30, so a good six years seniority there, but um, one of the one of the people there it was only about six of us or eight of us, and one of the the women there was like, oh, so I just wanted to ask everyone, um, what do you guys think about open relationships? You know, I just want to ask, does anyone have experience? Does anyone you know have have an opinion on it? Because I'm thinking that eventually, you know, my next relationship in a few years will be open, and I want to know what you think. And so everyone got super awkward and no one said anything. Well, some people were like, oh, you know, I don't think I can really do it. And then someone else piped in. Well, what's, you know, what's like, is it an open relationship if two people are together and then they each have another partner? And then these kinds of comments were being made. And I'm there with my guy just being like, I do not. You know, it was the first time I met his friends and I was like, I do not want to dominate here. I don't want to dominate here. But. I've got so much to say. And, uh, and so <laughs> I kind of was just like, um, there's this great book called the ethical slut. You should, uh, if you're interested in open relationships or non-monogamy, you should check it out. And, um, and you know, the other person was still like, yes, but like if two people have just one other partner than their main partner, is that an open relationship? And if they don't have sex with them, I was like, it's all non-monogamy. And I think, just the, the, the comments like the, and the person who actually posed the question every time I said something, she kind of rounded on me and started talking like she was disagreeing with me, even though I was just like, hey, here's this, there's this book if you're interested and it sort of shows and it just, it was a very, it was a very interesting um, dynamic. I was like, hmm, I can't seem to, I can't seem to contribute with information that is completely unbiased and has zero uh, personal opinion or experience injected into it, except that I, I know this book. <laughs> I can't seem to add this without feeling like I'm somehow threatening you know, or being, being perceived as threatening this person. I, was like, I don't know how to manage this. Um, so I, I, I spoke less and less, <laughs> but uh but I think the the comment that the other person made about the is it still an open relationship if blah blah blah. I think that kind of signals a, a general this general rigidity in people. It maybe not in all in all people at all, but like in the people that go, oh, I couldn't do monogamy, or oh, monogamy is you know problematic. Non-monogamy is problematic. 
I think there's a there can be a bit of a rigidity in people's minds around what non-monogamy means. And I think by reading the Sex at Dawn book, even more than say the ethical slut, it's making me realize that I think what's most important in human relationships, human sexual relationships and trust and having a relationship that works for you is having a flexibility and a and an ability to communicate what you're wanting and what you can do and what your expectations are. So there's nothing wrong. I don't judge any any monogamous relationship. But I do hope that people in monogamous relationships are talking about what they want and they're not, you know, repressing um, their interests and in doing other things. And I think the big issue with monogamy it's not I think I think it's a fact the big issue with monogamy is that monogamy creates this kind of pressure cooker where that's the only option to be with this one person and if you don't conform to that relationship mm, format then you're a bad person that you don't love your partner enough and that then creates this secret dishonest behavior that if it ever comes out is soul crushing to the to the other party um and basically cheating you know like cheating and 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 being dishonest that's that's that can be so harmful whereas if you're able to you know maybe you've got an open relationship well maybe you've got a monogamous relationship and you're just like hey how do we feel if or can we talk about you know this is an option or it doesn't like once something opens up it doesn't have to stay open like there's just so many options and i think there needs to be flexibility in that and not fear and not um unset expectations um yeah i don't know i'm starting to like i'm starting to think with the guy that i'm seeing um that some kind of conversation is gonna is going to happen at some point around what we're doing. You know, um, he's still just a, a good friend who's, who, you know, he's, he's more than sex and he's, yeah, he's this person that I'm seeing and I really, really like him, but I do, I do want to look after him. So there's going to be a point that comes, I think soon where it's a, Hey, I really love our, what we're doing. Um, how can we protect this? based on our expectations or like how could we hurt one another what are the ways that we can protect what we've got here and i think that does sort of go into a bit of an exclusivity chat but um or or you know non-monogamy chat um i'm not i'm not opposed to any any format uh, i think it's just always you know important to have a conversation and to be open to talking about it and yeah, if he turned around and said, hey, I just want to be monogamous with you, I'd be like, okay, but let's like, you know, stay checking in with each other because I don't want your initial request for monogamy to then feel like some kind of stranglehold later on if you want to then do something else. And also if I want to um, feel, you know, like maybe I, I don't know, maybe when I go to Australia for six weeks, maybe that will be a situation where it's like, hey, we're apart for that long if you want to, you know, if you want to engage with other people, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But like, just to be able to not be scared to have these conversations and these conversations don't mean the end of something and considering alternatives doesn't mean a lack of love and considering, you know, sexual romantic love to be this finite 
Like to be this, you know, uh, like you've only got so much of it. And if you give it to one person, then you can't give it to someone else. All these things need to be, you know, open for discussion. Um, okay, what else? Uh, I only have one other thing on my list. Oh, I've got two other things. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how, how let's have a look. I'm at like 28 minutes. Cool. Um, I went and saw a foot, a foot specialist, which was very exciting. And, uh, and on my way (laughs) to the foot specialist, I was like, I bet it's a dude. I bet it's a dude. And I bet he's got a thing for feet. And, uh, cause I mean, like, come on, like surely if you're a foot specialist, you gotta like feet because you're looking at them all the time. A lot of people hate feet. So if you choose to work with feet, I, re- I, bet, I bet, I bet, I bet you're into them and there's no shame there. That's totally cool. But when I got to the, when I got to the, um, the doctor's office, I went into the room and it was a young woman. I was like, Oh, ho, ho, I'm proven wrong. And, uh, she asked all the questions, got me to take my shoes off. And then she was like, I'll be right back. And then I waited a few minutes and then, uh, yeah, a dude came in <laughs> and it was the doctor with his wife. I was like, okay, <laughs> I was right. And, uh, he asked me all these questions very seriously. And then, and then, uh, and then he looked down at my feet and I looked at his face while he was looking at my feet. And it was the first time he cracked a smile and he was giving this big old smile. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Then I told the guy that I'm seeing afterwards this little bit of the story. And I was like, come on, if you're working with feet, it's because you fucking like feet. And he was like, I don't think, I don't think that's a given. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's true. It's true. It could just be like, because, you know, an orthopedic therapist is also looking at back and, you know, other other parts of the body as well. And he's like, also the smile. He could have just been thinking of a joke that someone told him earlier. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but he was looking pretty intently at my feet. And he was also like, look, I, and I just think the theory around, you know, people who like doctors who do a certain thing, have a certain specialization doesn't mean that they've got a fetish for it. And I'm like, well, it's not always fetish, but like they're interested. They're, they've got a, it's close to their heart. And then last night at my show, I, uh, I crowd worked with these people. There was a, there was a doctor in the back and he was a psychiatrist and I was like, okay, he's clearly got a bad childhood. And then I crowd worked, um, this other woman, another doctor and uh it turns out she's not a doctor but she's just finished i was like okay so what what are you going to specialize in and she was like vaginas and she said it with such uh such such mm, i was gonna say gusto uh (laughs) and i was like vaginas all right you 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 like vagina okay all right I've, i've got a theory about this um if you're if you're wanting to work with vaginas can i ask if 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 you're if you're a big old lesbian she's like yes i'm like i knew it i fucking knew it because yeah and I wonder (laughs) I'm like I'm sure proctologists love anal you know like I feel like it's a and she was like yeah it's because I like vaginas I was like okay all right you're kind of proving my point but um but you know who knows if I can make that a decent joke but yeah um also I uh last point I don't know if it's got any relevance but um I've been I've been meditating on my friendships and uh, and I think it was because I watched I Love You Man. Uh, I hadn't rewatched that for years. Fuck, it's a good movie. It's so fucking. I love Paul Rudd. I would, I would, I would do so many things. I would let Paul Rudd do so many things to me. Um, <laughs> but watch that and it made me reflect on my friendships quite a bit. I'd already been doing a bit of reflection on my friendships because I'd had some weird behavior from two of my closest friends very weird behavior in the last few months that has just made me feel ick and disrespected. Um, 
and not loved really uh yeah and so i've kind of created a bit of distance at the moment and just because the next time i see them i'm going to need to i'm going to need to have a good combat like a solid conversation with them to communicate how i've felt and how the previous situations have made me feel and yeah be honest with them about it right now i'm just like i just just taking a break i'm just taking a break and in this break i'm also giving more energy Con- and consciously investing in my comedy friendships because I have so many great friends in the comedy scene. And I think um, for a long time, I have created a bit of a distance between me and my comedy friends for fear of, yeah, problems with within work. And also because I actually think of all of the trauma that I have god that's such a big start to a sentence but in all the all the things that have traumatized me the most like in my love i've had a few bad love relationships that have really hurt but most and like you know i got my my situation with my dad sure uh but i think the relation like the the freak like the like i've got way more trauma from friendships in my life and my earliest traumas were from friendships and it's just it's been a really common thing that uh, I will be in friendships and I get, mm, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I feel, <laughs> I fucking hate sounding like a victim, right? So that's why I'm struggling right now. But like, I don't think I'm a victim, but yeah, basically being in a lot of friendships where something's happened and the love is gone and, you know, they, they, sort of don't um look after me again i'd like to change the phrasing of that so it doesn't sound like it's all on them but situations where you know friends have just not paid rent when i've been living with them or have uh stopped talking to me when they haven't paid my invoices (laughs) or um i don't know these are i don't want it to be about money but you know, best friendships in school where someone's like, oh yeah, well, this is my best friend now and we're not best friends anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like just getting dumped by friends. And my sort of recent experiences, it's like one of my friends has just made me feel like he only hangs out with me because I often give him drugs when he wants them. And I've always just happily given him drugs. <laughs> and then another friend, yeah, the only time, like most of the time she contacts me, it's to see if I can babysit at night times and I work every night and it's just like, what? So, and then there's been a bunch of other historical ones, but yeah, just reflecting on fucking friendships, man. And I feel like it's another area where society really doesn't teach us how to navigate that shit and how important it is and how to look after yourself. I feel like I've definitely not looked after myself and friendships. So yeah. Uh, I love you, man. Was a nice little reminder of that, and um, and I'm 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 given given more energy to my comedy friends, and that's feeling really really good. And um, I, I'm very lucky, and I feel very grateful for all of them. So, <sighs> ending this ending this little pod with gratitude. I uh, I'm excited to get another guest on next week, but it's been lovely to just chat. Um, I hope that was in some way entertaining. <laughs> uh thanks for listening as always uh love you long time and uh till next week that's been adults only comedy berlin thanks so much and goodbye